0: Welcome. This is Coppercasts, a show dedicated to exploring the wonderful, if somewhat technical, world of institutional investment in crypto assets. I'm your host, Tyler Kenyon. Our guest today is Jacob Palmstierna, partner at GSR, a global leader in digital asset trading and one of the best known market makers. There, Jacob oversees a lot of activity. In addition to the firm's BD teams, he spearheads product development and also serves as co head of the firm's investment activities. In this episode, we take a deep dive into the derivatives and options markets. Crypto derivatives have only been around for about two years, but in this short space of time, have gained significant traction. Jacob explains how derivatives have been a momentous advancement for our sector and GSR's role in substantially growing this nascent market. We also touch on NFTs, DeFi options, regulation, and the importance of the crypto industry to self-regulate. I honestly never thought I'd enjoy a discussion centered around crypto derivatives so much, but I truly did, and I hope you will too. Welcome, Jacob. Before we get into the derivatives and the options and the futures and and everything and the market making, the stuff that you know the best, um, tell me how you got into crypto. What's your crypto origin story?
1: Uh, Before I came into crypto, I was at a company called Two Sigma. And within Two Sigma, there was um, um, very strict rules on what you could do and not do in terms of trading. Um, So you could do very little, without seeking, you know, approval and you necessarily couldn't trade options, derivatives, um, you couldn't hold things for um, short periods of time. Um, however, there wasn't any restrictions on crypto. Um, so when crypto came up and... Um, Wait,
0: what year is this? What are we talking?
1: So this is probably 2014. Well,
0: that's still pretty um, early um, yeah, I in think the crypto world.
1: I, I think it was sort of late 2014 and then early fifteen. I think there was a bit of a dip where... Bitcoin came down to around 200, uh, and that's when I entered the market for the first time. Um, And part of it was, um, I mean, I have to admit that I wasn't the biggest, I mean, I wasn't a Bitcoin maximalist in terms of being a technologist, that wasn't my background, Uh, but I found it fascinating that you had a listed asset um, that was trading in a central limit order book without any regulation. Um, so, from a market microstructure perspective, um, I thought it was a lot to learn. How would a market operate without people being, you know, controlled? Um, and that was a bit scary to see how um, how the markets um, uh, um, were trading at that time. Uh, but you could actually observe it uh, with your eye, because the volumes weren't weren't that high. Uh, so that's how I got into it. Um, and, and uh, it sort of g- grew from there.
0: So, how long were you sort of watching and, and, I guess, participating before making a professional move into the space? Did you go from Two Sigma to, to GSR? Yeah,
1: yeah, that that's correct. Um, so, I I I left uh, Two Sigma in the beginning of 2018 to join to join GSR. Um, the pool was very much an entrepreneurial one and and the people, uh, you know, the other partners that I got the opportunity to work with, um, I thought it was a, you know, brilliant opportunity to sort of bridge the intersection between traditional finance and this new asset class which had, you know, fantastic, uh, fantastically disruptive properties for really everything that we do. Um, and um, I found that the team that I could do it with was quite was quite, um, you know, was an opportunity I couldn't say no to. So,
0: I mean, GSR is a, a very well-known sort of market maker in our space, but how did you hear about them? What, what drew you to them other than the, you know, the senior team that you're going to be working with? And I guess tell us a bit more about what GSR is doing.
1: Um, yeah, so I think, um, you know, GSR's, um, um, the, the genesis of GSR or, or how GSR started was really a connection from uh, C- uh, C- uh, Chris and Rich um, at, at Goldman, where I think one of their colleagues had joined, uh, one of their previous colleagues had joined um, Ripple. And at the time, Ripple was looking for a market maker on their consensus ledger. So um, um, Rich, pr- uh, Rich said something like, oh, you should speak to this guy, Chris, who used to work with us here at Goldman. Um, he's uh, he, he's in Spain he's, he's, he's a trader he's probably be interested and can understand his space um, so that's how GSR got started as a service provider for 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 ripple uh, on, on the liquidity provision um, uh, in 2000 and 2017 uh, and, and 18 uh, during during this period you know crypto had developed quite a bit um, um, rich had continued to work at at, at Goldman as the Head of uh, Derivatives and then gone to the buy side. Uh, but in 2017, uh, uh, Chris with GSR said, okay, I've built the company this far, but there's a much bigger opportunity out here, so I need to find a few partners that might subscribe to the same notion that I do. Um, and, and really during that period, sort of late 2017, early 18, um, uh, a few of us sort of came together to create GSR 2.0. And the idea of that was um, you know really sort of to bridge traditional finance uh, with this new asset class and, and what we provide is um, you know um, um, market making for um for 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 tokens as well as sort of uh, derivatives and and and, and 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 options trading and we thought we were in a unique position um, to do it so if you if you think about sort of the skill set that we, that we came together with, part of it was um, coming with a microstructure trading approach to digital assets. So these are all these web-based exchanges um, that um, you integrate with via, you know, um, um, REST and WebSocket. So there's a lot of these features that wasn't really in traditional finance, but they had a central, you know, they had a they had a central limit order book. They had a matching engine, so you could you could apply that type of microstructure mindset, um, and you connect it to all the different exchanges, and you can sort of consolidate all this fragmented liquidity, and you can present uh, a much more holistic view of where the market is trading. Um, and given that we were in the market for so much, we could spot anything which was, you know, manipulative trading, you know, wash trading, and we could help our clients avoid that. Um, so instead of so so all these new tro- token issuers that came out, what was particularly interesting is that they are building this disruptive new technology. Just like when the internet started, we have all these new companies that are building um, uh, that are building disruptive technologies. We're seeing the same thing now. But the unique aspect of it is that they have a token um, which is fundamental to how to utilize their, um, you know, this new technology. And that needs to be liquid. So GSR, rather than just being a capital market partner to them, is actually um, you know, a true partner which enables uh, the utility of that technology, which is quite exciting. It's quite different from what you would see in, in, in sort of dealing with a bank or something like that.
0: So in your, in your show and tell segment, we, we focused um, primarily on the, the derivatives and, and options market and how much they've grown, I guess, over the last two years especially, but probably mostly in the last six months or a year. And um, we've got a bit more space and time here to, to go into a bit more detail on that. So, I mean, can you just talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing in the market over the last year? You know, why have the derivatives shot up and options and, and where you think it's going?
1: Um, sh- sure. We... we um, and so we were very we took a very early bet um, or view that if digital assets were going to move into the um, into mainstream finance, um, derivatives and options are an integral part of any healthy market space because it allows you to tailor your exposure and risk. And it's particularly important in a market where volatility is very high. So you might want to, you know, um, you might be happy to limit your upside somewhat by protecting your downside. Um, And uh, you might want to hedge some of your output if if you're a miner to be able to allow you to have a certain cash flow. And if a new token is issued, um, you know, you will have different liquidity points. Um, um, you know, in, in terms of the token economics, you will have different, uh, you know, cliffs of liquidity coming coming on. And options is a very good way to deal with that in terms of sort of smoothening the exposure and making, um, um, you know, just making people being able to express views differently. Um, so we were, um, uh, I, I think that, You know, the initial step that we saw on futures um, coming on to digital assets was very much um, the sort of invention of perpetuals, which is like futures, spot futures, which has like an eight hour, um, you know, life and then they automatically roll uh, and they are controlled by, um, you know, the the sort of um, funding rate. that was very much sort of a retail product to allow um, and, uh, you know to allow even more speculation and gambling. and that's what it did. you know people were offering like a 100x leverage which isn't responsible for anyone to trade at. No one should trade at 100x leverage under any circumstances. Um, but in the same way the start you know but at the same point they started to you know, some of the more responsible venues out there started to say, well, we can offer um, perpetual at, you know, 20% margin, which is more akin to what you see in traditional finance. We're starting to create sort of a futures market on quarterly futures where, um, you know, wh- where you can see in what kind of backwardation or contango the market is trading and you can start to infer sort of the, you know, the forward price of, um, of, of the asset. Um, and that enables people to um, uh, to trade the asset more dynamically, and that's been growing uh, over the course uh, of the year, and is very very natural. In the background of that was um, um, was the development of the options market, which is um, you know which is which is slightly different and is still sort of catching up to um, the futures and, and and the spot market. But that really has sort of the same feature to it. You uh, you have a very, very volatile market, um, uh, a very, um, um, you know, a very speculative market, uh, but options will allow you to, uh, again, sort of, uh, tell, you t- tell your risk at certain expiries, uh, expressing certain views, uh, you can do structured products, uh, and it just allows, um, you know, Uh, Where you being a uh, market maker like us, we can use all these type of features to hedge our risk and add more liquidity to the market. Uh, It can add crypto natives, uh, as we talked about in the um, uh, chat, to sort of whether or not they want to hedge their exposure as as a miner, um, but also allow, um, uh, you know, uh, crypto natives um, to create yield strategies for themselves and 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 earn inven- and, and earn a yield on their uh, on their inventory, so I think, um, you know, wh- wh- what we what we're going to see predominantly over the next few years, is this whole, um, what, well, what I hope that we're going to see, is um, that the market is going to realize that 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 BTC is just the first asset that came up it was sort of a proof of concept. Uh, Ethereum come on top of that and, 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 on to, and, and they can build some digital apps. But the real innovation and the real disruption, what's really going to change our lives in the future, is happening uh, across many, many new different assets. And that's where we're going to see derivatives already developing. They are on Binance, they are on FTX, uh, and options markets to do. And it's going to be a whole new dynam- uh, dynamics for everyone to be able to trade in. So that's where GSR is focusing a lot. We're not a, um, you know, we're not a Bitcoin player. We um, we invest in the space, so we 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 engage in the VC space. Um, um, we partner with projects um, um, very early for market making. Um, we develop secondary markets, so even if their options aren't listed, we can bilaterally trade those, uh, and we can trade the underlying optionality. Uh, in the spots and derivatives market. Um, and it just gives p- more flexibility for people to manage the risk.
0: I guess one of the biggest risks that, I g- to some extent, can't be managed or, or hedged is um, the looming specter of regulators. And obviously, to many on the institutional side, they're a welcome presence, if done correctly, or maybe light touch. Um, but you know, no one really knows how they're going to you know, wield the power they have in this space. Uh, and it's so fragmented as well between different geographies. And I know um, GSR has a presence globally. Um, we're here in, in the UK, but you have offices in Hong Kong, Singapore, the US, I imagine as well. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you manage the risk of uh, an unknown regulatory landscape?
1: Um, I, I think we are, you know, we're, we're very pro regulation and has always been, we think that um, we, we think at our competitive advantage in a fair and orderly market, uh, it's going to be stronger. Um, I think also most of us at GSR have spent decades in traditional finance and we know how to behave in the markets. Um, so we've always been calling out manipulative trading we've been calling out wash trading, um, we've been, um, you know, sort of pointing the fingers um, towards bad actors, uh, and we've been telling our clients, this is what's going on, this is what you should uh, watch out for. Um, and I think we are seeing a maturization of um, uh, uh, of, of the markets, but what, what what really will happen is that as a, well, you know we need to be responsible adults in the way that the first order is to start regulating ourselves just behave with be- best practices document those best practices being proactive with regulators and welcome them in to you know open the kimono of what we are doing so they can so they can audit us they can see how the market is is functioning they can they can learn from it and that's what we're doing we're pursuing the bit license we're pursuing a broker dealer in the US Um, We're encouraging to have conversations with the FCA, uh, with the SEC, with the regulators in Singapore, and we're pursuing, um, you know, just like copper, all all, all the, um, um, you know, all the sort of, um, you know, regulatory uh, oversight that we can have. But I think that if you're a regulator and you would look at a new market and it's just full of, chaos and anarchy? You would just say, "What is my job? My job as a regulator is to ensure um, consumer protection and fair and orderly markets. Um, if all I see is chaos and anarchy, my first point of, my first course of action would be to ensure that that's not coming into my constituents. However, if you're looking at a new market, And you're seeing a number of players acting with, um, you know, an open, you know, acting openly about what they're doing, trying to behave as if they were regulated. It makes it much easier to go in and have a dialogue with them and trying to develop a framework for regulation. And that's the path that we are going down. So we've, you know, um, we hired our compliance officer uh, in the US, we hired our GC here. They focus a lot on on this exact regulatory roadmap, so I hope that in a few years um, we will have regulatory clarity rather than uncertainty uh, and that would be a huge catalyst for us
0: I think that's probably the right timeline uh, years because uh, I think I mean copper's been around for I guess three or four years now, and we've we've had a very similar proactive approach in engaging with the FCA uh, and it's always been you know, in, it's an ongoing dialogue, and it's an ongoing expectation that you know the regulations or the clarity is right around the corner. Yeah, uh, it's felt like that for a couple years now, and it it feels like it's probably still a couple years away, and it also seems like it's such a a global thing, right? Digital assets and it doesn't seem like there's really any global cohesiveness on what the approach should be from regulators on this. I don't know if you guys, do you guys get a sense of, you know, one market is more advanced in their understanding and their implementation of, you know, frameworks for regulating these things?
1: I, I mean, I think that uh, Switzerland was has mm-hmm. been pretty, um, um, you know, off the, I would say, sort of off, off, off the tier one um, regulators, if you're allowed to use that word. Sure. but. Um, I think Switzerland has been pretty sort of proactive and tried to uh, c- create sort of a, a framework where innovation and 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 build out of the space can be allowed. Um, certainly, sees the the the, the Sing- S- Singapore regulator uh, having sort of big initiatives mm-hmm. in space. Um, uh, I do think that um, you know uh, the CFTC and the SEC. Um, uh, have a lot of people on it, putting a lot of thought on it. Um, Maybe in the UK, we're a little bit behind. The FCA is, um, you know, very understaffed, uh, have a lot of things to do, so they need to get to it at some point. But I think they will. Um,
0: I suppose Brexit was probably inconveniently timed uh, for everything.
1: you know, they had... um, you know they have MIFID, which is a, a huge thing. So, you know they have AFMD. They have. I mean they have a lot of things to a lot of things to do. Uh, you know and, and and maybe maybe crypto is on the roadmap, but uh, not quite there yet. Uh, but what you can do in with, with the FCA, as we have seen, that uh, you can open open you you know you can open investment management. For, you can be regulated as an investment advisor, and you can have a a, a fund which can invest in any asset, including uh, digital assets. Um, which is great, which gives people the opportunity to access uh, uh, the space from a, from an you know uh, investment standpoint so um,
0: you're generally optimistic then
1: I think I think, um, I, I think uh, we need to be patient uh, and I think we just need to keep um, you know ki- keep, uh, keep the dialogue open hopefully we'll get you know, regulations coming in as we go, and it's going in the right direction. Um,
0: I guess we didn't make it easy for them when, just as they were getting their heads around it, you know, DeFi was introduced. And just as they're wading through that, we're like, oh, and guess what, NFTs.
1: Right, right. So you have, uh, and they're saying, well, nothing in DeFi has any KYC. So how do we protect the consumer? Um, All of these uh, trading venues are, um, you know, cloud-based, and we don't even know where they are. You know, we don't even. You know, they can they can move from, you know, from Tokyo to Frankfurt, uh, overnight. So just grasping the whole space is is difficult. I mean, I'm I'm you know I'm not jealous at the person who <laughs> needs to write this regulation, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do think that international coordination um, is probably, you know, uh, desirable. Whether or not it's if if it can happen, is 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 difficult? Is beyond my pay grade. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> mine too. Um, so you you guys are part like GSR is part of the DeFi Alliance. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, tell me, like, have you done much work with them yet? Is it mostly um, an advocacy group or a lobby group? What do you, What's going on over there?
1: Yeah. So um, uh, I should caveat this by saying that I'm not the main person within GSR that uh, that that works with the DeFi Alliance, but um, you know we're we we think that we we come from capital you know we come from the capital market we come from traditional finance we want to bridge the traditional finance with um, um, with this um, uh, new asset class but we're you know we're not old relics you know we invest in uh, we we invest in this new disruptive technology and we think that uh, decentralized finance have huge potential um you know in terms of how you you know manage collateral, uh, how people transact with each other, how, um, you know, um, how you uh, basically deal with sort of fixed income instruments. Um, all of these things are due for, uh, due for an upgrade. Um, and there's some really, really smart people um, um, uh, working in the space. So we like to support them in any way we can, and and, and the DeFi Alliance is a very, um, it's it's a good body to, um, uh, to 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 interact with, to know exactly what's going on in different aspects, and see how GSR can get involved and 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 and, and uh, you know help bring the space forward.
0: So is there a big future for DeFi futures for derivatives, DeFi options? Is this? Is it here now? Is it coming?
1: Yeah, DeFi options is um, you know, uh, I mean, uh, DeFi derivatives already exists on on um, on, on decentralized um, uh, venues, and I think uh, today we have a lot of conversations with projects uh, on all different protocols at, um, planning to launch or um are planning to design um or have ideas around uh, DeFi defy options so i think that that's probably the next big step step in DeFi. Um, and a- another thing is that we used to have this thing called uh well we, we had this summer of yield farm farming yeah. where in essence you know you sort of got um you know you, you stake some of your tokens and you get a lot of tokens for free that's not very sustainable. You just put tokens in somewhere and and you just automatically get a lot of tokens back. Now options, DeFi options, is a much smarter way to incentivize people um, to participate proactively, either to secure the network, um, help with total value, um, uh, by total value locked, for example, um, and... and, these, these sort of DeFi options, what they can what, what they can help with is that, you know, your, your payout from those options is subject to meeting certain KPIs. So UMA, for example, have come out with the KPI options, which is quite an, which you know which which is um, um, very useful for 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 all other cryptocurrency um, projects in able to create sustainable rewards
0: that's fascinating is that live
1: it is live yes
0: I need to look that up <laughs> cool um, what about NFTs so I mean I, I mentioned them briefly do you get requests to make markets in NFTs
1: um, yeah I mean we, we we do make market in in, in um, projects that are predominantly focused on, on NFTs I think uh, for the um for the general public, NFTs are um, very easy to understand. Um, and I think we've seen a huge, uh, you know, a huge growth because of that. And we've seen a lot of celebrities getting involved in the space uh, as well. And by creating these non-fungible um, uh, tokens, um, you can own different assets, right? You can, you can, you, you can own the digital version of, anything that you want and it seems to attract people um so we um we we have both invested in the space uh, and we do work from a liquidity provision uh, acro- across the NFT, nft space
0: have you personally bought any nfts
1: have i personally bought any nfts uh, you didn't
0: I buy jack's first tweet or anything
1: i did not no no um uh, i have um uh, I have some friends who's been very active in BitCloud. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but personally, uh, I, I haven't had, I mean, full disclosure, I don't really have time to <laughs> trade um, crypto personally, but I do hold some. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and we also have, um, uh, you know, we, we also have a PA uh, kind of um, restrictions on yeah. what we can trade, how and when. Yeah. And most of my exposure comes via, via GSR, where we are invested. Okay.
0: Um, I don't know how much you know about this side of the, the business, but I think GSR recently um, committed to becoming a carbon-neutral business. Mm-hmm. Was that part of your remit? Were you, were you involved in that process? I, I don't know much about how you become a carbon-neutral business. I'm curious. I,
1: I mean, I, I don't take credit for um, for um, f- for it, but I certainly I th- I think it wasn't a hard decision to make. Um, we um, we have a um, um, uh, what is it an, an ESG S- policy csr social responsibility C S R yeah so we have a big um, um, sort of um, C S R um, commitment and and one of the first thing that we did was to ensure that we were uh, carbon neutral where we do have um, um, you know we. we we have been active in, in 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 mining to a very small degree, but we also have, uh, you know, we're utilising uh, a lot of server, cloud servers, um, and you know, like any company today, I think it's uh, the path is that first you offset your carbon, and then you try to go uh, first you be carbon neutral, and then hopefully you can be carbon free sometime in, in the future. Um, so we have a, we have a we have a team working on that. Um, In all kinds of sort of, um, um, uh, with all kinds of initiatives, uh, carbon being 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 one of them, uh, but also increasing sort of computer literacy around the world, Um, and it's very you know dear to everybody's heart at at GSR. Hopefully, we can be a force for good and for evolution and disruption.
0: That feels like a very positive note to wrap up on. Um, but we do have a couple questions we ask everyone mm-hmm. uh, before we actually finish. If that's cool, the I'll just run through them. Yeah. So, where do you see our industry? Which is maybe too big a question right now. Let's see. Where do you see the market making industry in one year versus ten years?
1: So, so where are we today? I mean, one of the biggest challenges for these um, um, for for a new token project is to get listed on these exchanges being able to uh, distribute the tokens to the right people and, and we tried sort of to be a guiding, uh, um, gu- guiding light on how to get to that process. I hope that in, in, in 10 years, uh, hopefully sooner, uh, hopefully in a couple of years there will be an easier uh, path to market for the good for the good projects but in terms of general market making um, I think it's 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 very important for the utility of these tokens that there's always a buyer of last resort so there's always a space for someone like uh, GSR to make sure that there is uh, good price discovery and good liquidity across all the different uh, uh, across all the different markets um, I think we're gonna see a uh, you know the fragmentations of liquidity that we have today is going to consolidate. We're already seeing that you know the top venues are going to become bigger and we don't need a thousand different places to trade every single tokens um, I also think that what we're going to see is a um, we, um, We're we going to see a decorrelation of the assets uh, in the space so that there's going to emerge winners uh, and losers. So today I think we can say with a degree of certainty that there's going to be some technologies that are invented um, over the course of the last few years that is going to disrupt the way that we interact in life. Right. But I think it's all equally hard to say who are these winners going to be. Um, so market making and liquidity provision, I might answer the wrong question. Here. Market making and liquidity provisions, uh, um, are still going to be integral for for um, for this ecosystem, but I think we're going to see um, some clear winners in the venues that people pre- prefer to trade on, versus in decentralized finance or, or centralized exchanges. Uh, and I think we're going to see more um, uh, decoupling of the correlation uh, of the individual projects, where quality uh, is going to um, uh, is, is going to be the end winner.
0: Okay, if you could change one thing about our industry, let's say crypto, what what would you change?
1: I'm going to have to go with... uh, I would like it to be... uh, clearly regulated. Yeah. Good. Probably the most common answer you've got. It's not. I think a
0: a lot of people say... um, to reduce the like the scams, or even to tone down the hype a bit, um, but I, I like your answer. I think that would benefit the industry more than anything else. Because there's always going to be scammers, whether it's traditional finance, crypto finance, doesn't matter. There's going to be bad actors in the world. You can't really do much about that. But you could, you know, if we had a bit more clarity on the on the regulatory side, it would probably do the most to to move the needle for us.
1: Yeah, I I mean, you you're always going to have I, the interesting thing is that you know if if um you know if, if someone hacks your email your answer is not to turn off the internet similarly if somebody uh utilizes crypto for something which is um, um, you know scam related the answer is not to turn off crypto the answer is to turn off the person who does it yeah um so it's, but, but but i do think as, as if if we get clear regulation they should control that. <laughs> that's you know, hopefully hopefully that's <laughs> all. Cool. Um, and the hype, look, that's, that's just the nature of a nascent market. Hype will at some point uh, go away. Volatility will be um, reduced um, uh, in the market. But today that's part of the opportunity.
0: Hmm. Is there one piece of technology in your life that you couldn't live without?
1: blockchain technology is that <laughs> you is can that
0: say blockchain it? um what does your weekend look like uh when you get time off if you even get time off from gsr uh mm. what, what are you doing to relax
1: um we, we like to go horse riding yeah
0: do you live in london are you horse riding in london we live in
1: london um we go to a, a fantastic stable to ride in windsor park which oh wow it's um, called wayside stable so i gonna Give them a little them, plug. Give them a little plug there. Cool. That's okay. great. Uh, and we also ride on the countryside. So nice. that's what we that's what we tend to go. Go on hacks.
0: Cool. Okay. Um, is there a movie that you could watch over and over again and never get tired of?
1: Um These are these are the sort of questions that you have. I really like Dead Poet Society.
0: Classic. Yeah. Robin Williams. Mm. A lot of a lot of famous actors when they were kids were in that. That was a good movie. Okay. Um, do you have a catchphrase or a motto that you live by? No. That was easy. Um, who should we all follow on Twitter? Are you on Twitter?
1: I am on Twitter, but you shouldn't follow me.
0: <laughs> Why? What are you tweeting about? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> okay.
1: It's, 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 uh,
0: it's, uh, so you, are you there as a spectator mostly?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a spectator. I'm not a troll. Okay, good. I, <laughs> and I, I, I never comment. Uh, I, I find the most interesting people to follow is um, some of the, you know, uh, some sort of larger tech leaders um, around 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 the space. But I think most people are already following them, like
0: the Vitaliks and.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, that's interesting. I was actually thinking that um, you know outside of crypto, but in crypto, yeah, you know, you can you can, you can follow the main, the main people. Okay. This, so this next one's tough. Yeah.
0: What was the last thing that surprised you?
1: Sort of don't get very surprised by anything. It's the military did, training, uh,
0: right? No, but we've only been in crypto oh, yeah. for so long.
1: <laughs> well, the last thing that really surprised me, uh, I must say, I was quite surprised about COVID, the spread of COVID. But, you know, I, I, I didn't see that one coming.
0: <laughs> I don't think many people can claim to no. have foreseen that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, uh, you know. Uh, that was a big one. Like it's yep. changes everyone's life in a way that I don't think anyone.
0: Do you think it'll persist the changes, or do you think human beings have a short-term memory problem? And ten years from now, maybe fifteen years from now, people will be like, "Oh yeah, I kind of remember COVID."
1: I mean, there's there's two different uh, there's two different scenarios. One is that this was the one time it happened, and you know, this is the one once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. So it's not the start of something. It's not the end of something. And if that happens, I think we're all going to talk about it to our children and saying, you know, that was a very, you know, very special time. Mm. Um, and going to tell stories about what we did or did not do, rather, is yeah. probably what we're going to do. Um, and
0: probably hype it up a little bit, yeah. like... Lockdown was tough. You weren't uh, yeah. there, man.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You just tell your kids like, yeah, you're sad about staying inside, yeah. you know? <laughs> we stayed inside yeah. for a year. We stayed inside for a year.
0: <laughs> Who's the next guest we should have on our show? Who do you think would be a good podcast guest? Oh,
1: that's a great question. Um, Alan Howard.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. He should be achievable as well.
1: Yeah. I think that would be great. You know, he's been Alan Howard is one who's, you know, obviously vastly successful in, um, you know, with with Brevin Howard Howard's and 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 in in the hedge fund space for many many years, but fairly elusive. And now yeah. he's emerged together with, you know, Paul Tudor Jones as some of the biggest advocates in crypto and and, you know. Uh, making, um, uh, you know, putting a big confidence in, in this space. I think it'd be super interesting to to hear his story and why.
0: I guess full disclosure: he recently invested in our series. I know, B. <laughs> I know. That's so. why that's that's why I thought he yeah. would be.
1: Yeah, he might be. I've done enough for you guys. <laughs> yeah. just that one more nice. thing, please, Alan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Last question: If you somehow managed to meet Satoshi Nakamoto. But you could only ask him one question. What would you ask him, or her, or they? Why hide? Yeah, I want to know the answer to that too. Would you hide if you'd created Bitcoin?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't see. I don't see the reason.
0: You know, some. I mean, some people think there's a a benefit to the obscurity of their identity because it can't be. You know, they can't be hounded to to explain why they created it or how they came up with the idea or anything like that. It sort of becomes less about a person and more about the concept and the, the Bitcoin itself
1: yeah it's maybe. a good point it's know. a good point yeah I can see that maybe that's I how c- you can I can that. see that I just think that the, the sort of the anonymity is in the technology mm. not not in the person I yeah. think that um, I mean even though we don't have a face to a name it might not even be one person everyone still knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is mm. that's a huge amount of speculation Mm -hmm. what what would change to put a put a name to put a face to a name
0: maybe one day we'll find out. i don't think so (laughs) okay listen jacob it's been very very fascinating having you in uh thank you very much for coming Uh, and i look forward to speaking to you again soon
1: it's been a pleasure
0: to our listeners if you haven't already seen jacob's show and tell video please go to our youtube page or you can find it on twitter at copper hq or find it on the website copper.co forward slash insights there, you can also sign up for our newsletter, which goes out every Monday morning and includes links to all the week's top stories, as well as any updates from the wider team here at Copper. If you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please make sure to give us a good review in whichever streaming platform you're using. And if you want to get in touch, you can always reach me, Tyler, on Twitter at cryptotsk, or you can email me directly, tyler.canyon at copper.co. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or if you know someone who should be, please give us a shout. We're here to talk all things institutional crypto. And as ever, this show is made possible because of the technical and creative wizardry of Ben Silvertown and Tally Spear with support from Melee Mountfort and Eva Leela. New episodes
1: will be coming out fortnightly. And in the meantime, stay safe.